What's up, everyone? My name is Ryan, and I'm blessed to be the college pastor here with Alive. Thank you for coming out, um, especially on a night like tonight when the Cubs are playing. And uh, yes, I am wearing a shirt that says Believeland because I am from Cleveland, Ohio, so you know I got to rep, rep my hometown state. Please don't, <laughs> Please don't throw tomatoes or stuff at me. Evie Ann, let's see you, girl. <laughs> Where's David? I'll have him tackle you. He's, but, man, um, hey, you gotta, you gotta love where you're from, right? At least I'm from Cleveland, staying true, right? Real recognizes real. Amen. All right, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we are, we are in a sermon series called What is Family? And, uh, man, we are looking at different characteristics of what family is. We talk a lot about family. This is, again, a group from the Mexico mission trip that we went on this summer. Katie Kingsley shot was there, a couple others. And, uh, but yeah, we're looking at what is family? Why do we say that this place is a family? What makes our family different from our biological family to our friend group to the people in this ministry that we do life with? So the first week, David opened us up and we looked at, man, that family is loyal, right? Family is loyal. We have each other's back. We're honest with each other. Loyal, integrity comes out of loyalty and honesty. Uh, last week, Mike and Julie talked about how family is fruitful, you know, we have this saying that free people free others. Well, on the flip side of that, there's a negative saying that hurt people hurt others. And are we a family that's reproducing other families in our friend groups with our boyfriends and our girlfriends? Not in that way, but, you know, just like, and so, whoa, that got weird. Didn't mean that. <laughs> Wait until you're married like Julie and Mike talked about. Um, but are we reproducing family in each other, you know, by loving each other with the love of Christ. Some people are like, what the heck did I just come to tonight? <laughs> um, yes, you will get used to me. I say, say a lot of weird things. Um, <laughs> but sometimes, once in a while, you know, there's a saying of blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, right? I say something that sees, yeah. All right, here we go, Gabe Jones. All right. Man, well, tonight we are talking about unity, and we got this awesome picture. We're titling this message, Family United. Uh, this summer, as the coaches and the leaders prayed about this sermon series, we had this hashtag kind of family united. And uh, we, there's so much discord, so much jealousy, so much envy, so much bitterness, so many things that can come against us. But man, when a family united, when we're united side by side, back by back, that's power. That's power. I think, and a great example of this, you know, if you guys know anything about the Roman Empire, they were one of the most powerful empires that ever existed, most powerful dynasties, uh, armies, um, just, just, just country that ever existed, and they were never defeated by an external king or, or another uh, group of people, but they were defeated by themselves from within. And I think so often the enemy comes at us, and if he, if he can't take down a group of people, he tries to turn you guys against each other. He tries to turn us against each other. I've seen this from my friends, from my family, to, to church life, to ministry. You hear about pastors and worship leaders all the time uh, and, and just people, this, this strife and this envy and like, where does that come from? And tonight we really want to look at the power of unity because this is such a strong, fundamental characteristic that makes family, family. And again, I just think about, ask yourself, what does unity really mean? Well, as I was preparing for the message, turned, turned open, well, I didn't really turn open, but I clicked on a link, Webster Dictionary, and uh, to see what Unity said, and it says this, it's the state of being one, and one with oneness, the state or fact of being united or combined into one, the absence of diversity, unvaried or ununiform or character, 
oneness of mind and feeling among a number of people, concord, harmony, or agreement. And also it says in mathematical terms, it's the number one. Quantity regarded as one, and that's its identity. And you think about unity, and you think about, wow, that's one thing, one person. And I just think about when they look at a live, when people look at a live, if this is your first time, or, you know, the other ministries or other campus, or you bring a friend, what do they think of a live? I hope they don't think of Ryan Otto. I hope they don't think of Leah Bice or Micah Dawkins. I hope they think of a group of people, like Morgan said this, this Sunday at her testimony, that a group of people whose hearts are on fire with Jesus Christ. That this is a family that sticks with each other, that calls things out, that calls people higher and never gives up on each other. So as we think about what is unity, check out this quick video clip. Michael, can you hear those lights? Smarter to travel in groups. Man, I always thought Shamu was friendly. What happened to Shamu? Anyone know Shamu? No? SeaWorld? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, Free Willy. You guys ever see Free Willy? Yes, thank you. Man, I used to love that movie. Man, I, the other day I was having a conversation with him. I was like, man, we should watch Free Willy. My friend was like, what's Free Willy? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't know if we can be friends anymore if you don't know what Free Willy is. If you guys don't know it, check it out. YouTube, Redbox, rent it. It's cool. It's about a, it's about a killer whale named Willy. <laughs> and they're trying to free him, hence Free Willy. Hey! All right, let's go. We're on a roll. Thank you, man. Gabe, thanks for clapping. John, go Indians. All right, so I wanted to share, uh, just as I was thinking about what unity is, I found a couple of cool quotes that I wanted to read to you guys. John Piper says, unity is this. Christian unity includes affectionate love, not just sacrifice for those you don't like. Let that sink in for a second. Christian unity, there's a difference between Christian unity and just unity includes affectionate love, not just sacrifice for those you don't like. That was someone, that was someone texting me, don't worry, or maybe an angel singing. Um, <laughs> glory. But think about that. Is there anyone in your life that you really just don't like and it's really hard to be around? Maybe it's a family member, you know, maybe it's someone that you're told you need to like. Maybe it's your girlfriend's family member or your boyfriend's family member or best friend's family member that you really don't like, but you're like, you better like them or I'm not going to like you type of thing. Arnie's like, amen, I don't know what's going on there, something like that. <laughs> maybe you guys have something to talk about after the service, but, <laughs> but 
Um, man, but I know there's people like that in my life, right? And, and, and it really hit me, like, is unity, is, is unity even like, so we have 25 leaders, and I know some, sometimes they say amen about this, because mostly it's about me, but we will butt heads sometimes. Kate's like, amen to that. Um, but yeah, like sometimes we don't like each other, you know, sometimes you need space. But am I, is it a sacrifice? Do I just pretend to like someone, or do I actually love them? Do we truly love someone? And what does the definition of love mean? Do we not give up on someone? Do we love them? This, this also, this quote by an anonymous, per, anonymous person, can't say that word. Um, <laughs> the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Do we believe that we are greater and stronger together than we are individually? Again, I have to be on my streak. I have to be, talk about football at least once. Um, but it's, the, it's my favorite sport because it's the ultimate team sport. You need 11 guys every play, every down to work together or it's not going to work out. You miss one block, you're not going to be able to get the ball to the receiver that you're throwing it to. They, they run the wrong route, the wrong timing, whatever it is, you have to work as a team, as a family. There's other sports, baseball, basketball, other team sports, but it's just not the same. I'm sure if you're an art major or a music major, there's, there's similar analogies, but you know, like you have to work together, and when you work together, are we stronger? I know that when the worship band and, and the message and I and, and the leaders are on the same board, the, the night's powerful. Because everything is in flow. You can ask Micah and Leah and, and Daniel I, and Kyle. I go nuts sometimes because I'm so worried about the connectiveness. Is there a flow from the songs to the message to the ministry? Is it all like one experience? When you guys feel, because when, when we work together side by side, even when it's hard, that's man, when the Lord moves, that's powerful. It's that, uh, another quote says this, together ordinary people can achieve extraordinary results. Again, just like those penguins, do we believe we can get over obstacles working together? Just like those ants, when one of us is going down, do we fight for each other? And do we, do we come together? Or maybe like the crabs when we see that bird coming in. And then this is probably my favorite one. A house divided against itself cannot stand by Abraham Lincoln, who I believe got that from Mark 3.25. <laughs> but the quote said Abraham Lincoln, so. <laughs> Man, he's a cool guy. And this might be my favorite quote next from some radical, crazy dude. And it says this, a family united will not fall. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know him, it's probably good for you. Um, but uh, we were praying that this summer, you know, over, over the ministry, over you guys, over our team. And, then, you know, I felt like the Lord brought that verse. You know, a house divided against itself will not stand, but also a, un a family united will not fall. You know, when I think about some of my friendships, you know, David Hamilton, Kate being some of them, like, we've, we've battled it out. There's been times, especially Kate, I call her my twin, David too. I remember one time, guys, so David and I did the world race together, and uh, that's where you go to 11 countries in 11 months, and um, <laughs> I'm just not a morning person. I'm not, and David loves the morning. I mean, almost loves the morning too much, where you like, sometimes like, I love you, but I want to punch you for lo loving the morning. <laughs> Kate's saying amen, they're dating, so that must be something they're working through, but, you know. Um, so we're in Haiti, and it is so hot. I wasn't even planning on sharing this story, but I hope it's, you're okay with it. Um, and, and so David, I love, David, like, the dude's disciplined. He gets up at like five in the morning and spend time with the Lord. Man, and, and I love the Lord, I wish I could do that, but... 
once in a while I can, but man, he, he's got that on point knocked down. And uh, so he gets up, he spends time with the Lord, and he gets in, it's like 6.30, 7 o'clock, like that's still very early for me, and that's like late for him. Um, and I love the way he tells it, because he looks at me, I'm in this bunk in, in Haiti, and he's like, you know what, I probably shouldn't bother Ryan, because he knows I'm not a morning person. But he's like, you know what, I'm going to go say hi to him, you know. I'm going to go cheer him up and, and help him start his day. So he walks right up to me, and I'm like barely out of it. And he's like, hey, bro, how are you today? And like literally like not even, I'm not exaggerating at all. And if you know David, you know, probably know I'm not exaggerating. And I literally, I just, and he's like holding out his fist, like, you know, do the pound, the rock, that thing. And um, like, give me some love. And uh, I literally just look at him. And I, like, <laughs> didn't budge at all. I'm just like, hi. <laughs> and, like, literally, like, grinding my teeth. Hi. And, like, everything in me just wanted to be like, get away from me, you know? And, and then, like, I love, and he's just, like, holding his fist out there like this. And I'm just like, hi. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> and he walks away, you know? And in that moment, even though David's one of my best friends, man, I wanted to tackle him and put him in a headlock. <laughs> you know, I remember this other time, you know, we, do, we have this thing on the world race where every day we give each other feedback because you live and you breathe with these people. I mean, you're eating rice and beans. You're going to bathroom and holes at times. I mean, it's, it's the real deal. Living in a tent sometimes, it's raw and real. And you, you just, you, you can't get away from each other. Literally, quiet time with the Lord or alone time is going to the bathroom or putting in headphones, turning around, and pretending no one's there. <laughs> like, I mean, it, this is the thing of community. Um, and so you, you just, you have to learn to talk things out. And as, as me, I was diagnosed as a, you know, a one-on-one people pleaser my whole life, afraid of conflict, afraid to be real and honest with people, and the Lord's still working on me in that. But, um, so I remember this one day, you know, I love David, but when I first met him, like, literally all the time, you ask him, hey, dude, how are you doing? I'm sorry, I didn't ask to tear any of these jokes. Uh, he's going to give me feedback after this about this, but, but I'll be like, you'd be like, hey, dude, how are you? And he'd be like, blessed and highly favored, and, like, literally every time, guys, I'm not even joking, David, what's up, bro? I mean, we could have just been in a, in a rainstorm or something. How are you? Blessed and highly favored, and, I mean, he had it, like, the whole, like, this, you know, whole thing down. And, and I mean, literally, like, and I'm, and this was only month two, so still kind of get to know him, and, and I'm just like, just one day again, you know, Ron Rio, it was probably in the morning, and I'm like, dude, I know you're blessed and highly favorite, but you always got to say that every time, like, can't you just say good, <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like, I am blessed and highly favorite too, but I don't have to say that every time, like, like, and then, like, I told him that, and he was, like, upset, and then I was like, and then I felt bad. And so, like, and, like, Dave, you know, he's just, sometimes he's, like, a puppy. You just love him, and you're, like, you come by, he's so excited to see you. But then, like, you're, like, you know, jump, get off of me, chill out. And then he's, like, sad, and you feel bad, you know. And, and then, like, Kate's, like, right, Kate, a little bit, you know. And, like, biggest heart in the world. And, um, and, and so then I, like, I, I you know, kind of was, like, dude. And then and he got sad. And so I, like, go to put my hand on him, like, dude, I'm sorry. And he's, like, don't touch me. And I was, like, whoa. Like, I've never seen him react like this, you know. And then he, like, walked away. And everyone in our room was, like, we've never seen David mad, like, since we've known him. <laughs> like, and I was, like, wow, I think I really upset him, you know. And then, like, five minutes later, he comes back and he just hugs me. <laughs> and we just embrace each other for a little bit. But, man, why the heck was I saying that now? Um, <laughs> But I think I was talking about, oh, yeah, I know. All right, back on track. Where's Naomi? There, somewhere. Um, so, man, like, 
unity is hard. Unity is something you've got to work through. So unity, man, we, we need to be honest. We need to be real. We need to be raw with each other. But it's worth it. It's worth every confrontation, every talk, and my closest friends. I, I've been, you go through the fire and you come out brighter. And so, guys, I just wanted you to, as we go into this and we share some scripture, and I mean, it's, we're just going to have a fun time, but think about, are you unified with your friends, with your family? Are you unified with the people that you're closest with? Are you unified with people in this ministry, in this family? Because if I'm being honest, there's, there, I, I haven't been all the time. You know, and it's so easy. We're going we're gonna to hear a testimony tonight. And it's so easy. You know, it's so cool when God's speaking different things that, like, sometimes we vent and sometimes we share things about people, you know. And it's like, ooh, have you guys ever shared something with someone? And then you're like, ooh, that, like, felt gross. Like, I just feel like I slimed on someone or got slimed on. You guys ever see, like, Ghostbusters when the ghost, like, slimes on you? No? Yeah. Like, yeah, all right. Like, double dare. I don't know. Think someone throwing a water balloon at you and you're all wet. <laughs> like, and, but, like, you ever, like, share something and you don't even mean to, but you realize, like, ooh, like, if that per- uh, person that I was sharing about was in the room, that wouldn't be good. Like, I know I, I'm constantly working on that. I, I get, I'm blessed to have a ton of people talk to me and share things with me. Um, you know, Ryan Tucker, a good bro of mine, even, even just joked around, like, man, Ryan shares everything with everyone, and, and it's something I'm really trying to work on, and sometimes you don't even realize when you're doing it. And so I want to first say that I'm in this journey, and the Lord is teaching me, what does unity truly look like? And, and what kind of lives are we living? Are we living lives in our conversations, in our friendships, in this ministry, in this family, in our, in our biological families, in our friend groups that are life-giving to other people? And I just want to, like, throw out this thing. What would it look like to live a lifestyle of grace and honor to everyone that we meet? What if we truly saw everyone in our lives better than ourselves? Not to a point where we don't think we're important or we devalue ourselves, but what if we truly, every person we met, even the waiter, you know, that is 20 minutes late with our food, you know, at McDonald's or wherever we go, and, you know, our frustration, uh, for me, you know, some people in my family, like, love them, but, man, we just don't click. But what if I saw everyone better than myself and truly loved them that way? Because I think that's what Jesus did. And it doesn't mean he was a people pleaser. That doesn't mean that he was just so nice and never rebuked people, never shared things boldly in love. He actually did that all the time. And I don't think it was always easy for him. So I want to say, and I just want to throw it out there, that a life of unity is hard work. But I believe it's worth it. And I believe things that the Lord's doing in this ministry and family, again, is preparing us for our own biological families one day. For our kids one day. You know, I love my grandma, but I know if I tell my grandma something, our whole family's gonna know about it. <laughs> like, like I, you know, and, and it's like, I love her, but man, I don't wanna be someone like that. And I just even wanna get to a point in my own life, personally, guys, and I'm right in the journey. But that I don't, I just don't talk negative about anyone. That I honor them in my speech, not just up here when you guys are looking at me, but when no one else is looking. When even on my worst days and someone's annoying the you-know-what out of me, <laughs> the stuff out of me. <laughs> um, but it's like, man, that I honor people, that I love people, because I see Jesus in people. Do you think we can be that type of people? Because I do, but I do think it will be hard work. But I think it's worth it.
So I want to talk about three things that I believe the Lord wants to share with us. And again, I share it not as a place of, as not as someone who's arrived, but someone who's on the journey. Every day, if you're good friends with me, literally, I don't even have to plan to say it. just overflows out of my heart. You know, it says, guard your heart, because your heart is a wellspring of life that everything overflows. And this every day, somehow, someway, overflows out of my mouth that I say, life's a journey. And I, and I truly do believe that it's a journey. Our, our relationship with God is a journey. I don't want to be destination-focused. I want to be journey-focused. And sometimes that journey's two steps forwards, three steps back. Sometimes that journey's on a mountaintop or in the valley. Sometimes that journey is hard and there's rain and wind in your face or it's peaceful and the sunlight shining on you. But the journey is worth it. One of my heroes, I've shared this before, is Brett Favre. And when he won the Super Bowl, he said that he was asked, what was your favorite part of the journey? And he said, what, what part of the game? What part was it the after party? Where was that? He's like, it actually wasn't the Super Bowl at all. And he said, what? He's like, it was the road getting here. It was the journey through the ups and downs with my brothers, with my teammates, with my wife at home, the people that are in my life. I'll say, this is me saying this, for such a time as this. You know, we always say alive for such a time as this. What if we're meant to be family for such a time as this? We think about, you know, maybe there's, if I'm guessing, 80, 85 people in this room, which is an amazing miracle that we have that many people while the Cubs is playing. But um, think about all the people that have, have has ever lived and walked on this earth or everybody that will live on this earth, and yet we know each other. Have you ever thought about that? Like, that's mind-blowing. Like, why, weren't, why wasn't I, like, I've been all over the country. Why wasn't I born in Nepal or India or Cambodia when I saw kids walking around completely naked with no supervision at, like, the age of two? Like, like why was, was I born in this time era with the family that I'm born to, with my biological brothers and sisters? You know, why, why do I know Mary Jane and Ryan Tucker and Jake and Cody and, and all you guys? Like, it's even crazy to think how the Lord brought me here and how each of you has a story. Morgan just transferred here from Oregon, you know, and I, I just love hearing all of your stories. No? Well, you came from Oregon? You transferred from a school? All right, sorry, messing up the story, but something. She just transferred here. Thank you. Um, but, man, like, we all have a story. And then think that we know each other and we're meant to do life together, not just come to a service and listen to some awesome music and this crazy guy speak. But to be a family together, to go on mission trips together, like to Mexico, to go to fall retreats, to go down to Georgia, to do things on the weekend, you know, Tyler Bird and Madison and a bunch of people just out of nowhere, like, it's like, hey, we want to do have a Halloween party, a live Halloween party. And they started group me, and I didn't go, but I think a bunch of people went, and they just celebrated Halloween together, you know. And like, so I'm just saying, guys, if this is your first time or your fifth time, like, we're meant to be a family and do life together. But how are we doing that? So I believe the first aspect is this. We need to choose each other. I think there's three circles, uh, realms of people in our life. For me, uh, there's probably a group of 10 people that are my inner circle that I share everything with. Man, through thick or thin, I'm not going to give up on them, and I know they're not going to give up on me. They are family, and it's going to be hard, and it, and it sucks sometimes, but they're my family. There's then a middle circle, you know, where I love people, but, you know, maybe I know them at an arm's distant length. You know, and, and sometimes if they offend me or, or say something, I really have to ask myself, is it worth it talking to them? Is it worth it having this confrontation? You know, because you do got to evaluate that. Sometimes those confrontations, it gets worse before it gets better. But are they worth it? And then there's a third circle around 
me. That I, I mean, I love them, I know them, they're cool, but they're not my inner circle. They're not even that medium circle. But, but they're, they're good people, and, if, and I'm not going to really bring stuff up to them because I don't have that relational equity to, if you know what I mean, unless God puts it on my heart. But I ask you, who is that inner circle? And are you willing to choose them day in and day out? I've talked to many Christian marriages, many Christian couples who have been married for so long. And, you know, I, I love just hearing people's stories. Like, how did you meet your wife? Or how did you meet your husband? Or, or you know, how did you get from where you were to where you are? And, and so many uh, amazing couples who have been married and have kids for, for many years, they say, it's a journey and it's hard. But every day we have to choose each other. Every day, just like when I chose her or she chose me on that wedding day when I saw her walking down the aisle, when I wake up and sometimes her hair's a mess and, you know, her breath doesn't smell great or whatever it is. I talk to guys mostly, so this is their version of it. But it's like I choose to love her because I see the daughter of God that she is. And I remind myself, even when I don't feel it, that love is powerful and strong and real. And so I believe it's a choice. And do we do that with God? Do we do that with each other? Especially when we do get offended, we do get hurt. We, someone doesn't treat us like we know we deserve to be treated. Are we giving life to people or are we giving death to people? Are we bringing the best out of people? Or are we bringing the worst out of people? So check this story. Jesus is giving this sermon. He's, he's, he has many disciples around him, more than 12 at this point. And he's giving a sermon in, in, in John chapter 6. And he starts talking about how you, you need to eat my, eat, my, um, eat my flesh, thank you, and drink my blood. I was going to say eat my blood. And I'm like, that's already weird, and I, that's even more weird because I don't know how you do that. Um, so thank you, Evian. And people got freaked out. I mean, just imagine if you had never heard that, if you didn't know that was a metaphor to Jesus Christ and communion, and I said that, you'd be like, what the heck? This dude is weird. I already thought he was weird. He's even more weird. I'm freaking getting out of here. You're right, Owen? You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. So, like, man, but, like, th these people heard that for the first time, and people just started to leave. Some of his closest people that he's been providing for, that he's been teaching in, that he's been sowing into, just decide to leave. And think about how Jesus felt. And in that moment, he turns to Peter, his closest friend, one of his closest followers, and he says, are you going to leave too? And you can even just feel the emotion when Jesus says that. And Peter responds this and says, Simon Peter answered him. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And guys, I feel like the Lord brought this to mind because I just love, where else am I going to go? You've been my friend for so many years. You've poured into me. You've done this for me. I'm going to remember who you are on the inside and how you've impacted my life, even when everyone else seems to be turning against you or leaving you. And do we see and remember and remind ourselves who people are on the inside, not on the outside? Do we remember how we see, how we've seen Jesus in their lives? And even if, if some of us make, you know, poor mistakes, I, I say all the time, I'm not going to be a perfect leader. My leaders know that. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. But I hope whenever I'm gone from here, um, whenever even I'm home in heaven one day, I, people, I pray and hope that people rem remember me as, man, he didn't always get it right. But I'll tell you what, I trusted that dude's heart because I know he loved Jesus. And I know he tried his best to love me. 
And are we people, and I'm not saying I've, I am that to everyone. There's probably some of you who are like, man, you need to work on that, right? And pray for me for that. But are we people that choose each other? And when things get hard, when things get tough, do we stick with one another? Even when everyone else leaves. Are you, type of that, are you that type of person to your friends and your family? And will you be that type of person in this ministry? We have people that come and go all the time from other ministries. And sometimes people complain about things and it's always hard to see someone go. But before they do, and sometimes some people haven't, but I say, help us be the ministry. Help us be the family that you know we're meant to be. Don't point a finger and judge and say you should do this or you should do that. Be the change that you want to see. Be the change that you know we need. Be the change that this campus needs, that your friends and your family and your coworkers need. Because every day we wake up, we have a purpose. And are we going to bring unity to the people that even bring discord and division to us? Because I believe that's what Jesus did. And I believe that Jesus can do that with us if we let him. So there's a story about <laughs> elephants, the lion, and the water buffalo. I feel like David when I say that. I could just see him saying that to his kids or something at night. Sorry, David, I love you. I don't know why I'm talking about you so much. Love you, man. Um, but so I, I was watching on a Discover Channel or Animal Planet or something, and I didn't know that lions hunted elephants sometimes. Do you guys know that? Does anyone know that? Yeah, Mike is like, yeah, dude, I knew that. Uh, well, I guess I didn't. So... Um, <laughs> But man, like, I was like, man, a lion can take down an elephant? And actually, so the, the group of lions, like, stalk the elephants, and they can't take elephants on when they're together. And the, the elephants actually come together, back to back, side by side, and they can't be defeated. But the lions wait for either a younger elephant or maybe sometimes an elephant that can't keep up with the pack to be by itself. And then they take the elephant down. But when the elephants stick together, they can't be defeated. I also saw a video today on YouTube when I was searching about unity. You can find a lot of good things on YouTube. Um, a story about water buffalo. And again, the, there was a, there were a lion this time, just one, that was stalking and, and you know, following this, this group of water buffalo. And they couldn't, he couldn't come against them because they would, they, they would sense that he was there and they would stand side by side and they would have each other's backs. And the elephant just couldn't do, it against, do anything against it. But then in the video, one of the, the two of the um, water buffaloes started fighting, and they kind of got outside of the pack because somehow they were so focused on the outside enemy, the lion, but somehow they got focused on internally against each other. And as they were fighting and, you know, horning each other or whatever it's called, you know, like the lion came and took and, and jumped on one of the water buffalo and killed it. And I thought that was such a, a clear picture of what the enemy tries to do. If we can't be defeated, he then tries to come and, and inwardly divide and destroy and turn us against each other. And then when we're trying to fight against each other, he takes one of us out. Or he makes us think that we're not loved or we're not cared for or we're not important. Can you guys relate to that at all? I know I can. And it's not easy and it's not fun. But even in those moments, do we remember that just as Jesus said, just as Paul said, there are, are battles not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities of darkness. And that we are on each other's team. So I want to share the second aspect that I believe God wants to share is 
that if we're going to live a life of unity, to live a life of culture, of, of grace and honor, that we need to honor each other and celebrate each other. What would it look like if we celebrated each other's victories and always honored each other above ourselves? What would that look like? And I think one of the biggest roots of evil is jealousy. You know, even the other day, David was up here speaking a powerful message. And if I'm being honest, he didn't even know this. There was a part of me who was like, man, is he a better pastor and speaker than me? And I'm like, whoa, where did that even come from? Where did that even come from? It creeps in so subtly, doesn't it? And you're like, I didn't even think that. Like, you know, it's like these en the enemy putting thoughts in our mind. I think in Scripture it talks so much about taking your thoughts captive. Abby Ann just talked about it today. Taking your thoughts captive. And are our thoughts life-giving? You know, and, and the way temptation works, we think one of these thoughts. I even just thought of, of a good friend, and I was like, man, do, do they really like me? Do they really care for me? And I started, like, sitting on that, and I started to believe that. And, like, the Lord was like, Ryan, snap out of it. Like, think about what this person, all that they do for you, and all the times they showed that they loved you. And I was like, wow, you're right. But when you entertain those thoughts, that enters sin, right? When we think something or we're tempted in a way, that's not sin. But it's what we do with that. If we entertain it, if we start to think it, and when we start to think it, we start to wear it. And when we start to wear it, we start to live it. And then you don't even realize what you're doing until you're in it. Like, I drank and partied all the time, and I never realized that it was destroying me until years later down the road, and I looked in the mirror, and I had no idea who the real Ryan Otto was. Can any of you relate to that? So in 1 Corinthians chapter, 13, chapter 12, it says this. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and through all its parts are many, are, are many they form the body, so it, is, so, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, slave or free, that we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be it would not, gosh, I cannot read, I'm sorry. It would, it would not, for that reason, <laughs> cease to be a part of the body. <laughs> and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. I need an updated Bible. This English is hard. All right. <laughs> um, if the whole body were an eye, uh, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the whole body be? And I know it's kind of a weird thought to be like, man, am I a foot or a hand? And, and you know, maybe a hand or the face seems better, but I'll tell you what, I value my feet. <laughs> Because that's what gets me around. That's what I love to play sports with and walk around with. And I think, again, another way that the enemy comes and divides us is, is sowing these seeds of gossip and venting, but you're comparing yourself. And you're always trying to prove yourself and always trying to outdo someone else. And what if we just, this first step of unity was looking in the mirror and really, truly believing and receiving that we are perfectly and wonderfully made? That we are loved because we are loved because we are loved because we are loved. 
What if the first step in honoring someone was start honoring yourself and realizing that you were a beautiful or awesome, good-looking man and woman of God? You know, it sounds weird, but sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Rye, I love you, man. I'm so pumped that God chose you to be me or me to be you. Yeah, that sounds weird. (laughs) But like seriously, like there's still this little boy in me sometimes that doesn't really believe that I'm loved and valued. And if I'm not careful, I'm hurting within and I start looking for that in people without. And no matter how good a friend Micah or Daniel or Ben is, like, they're never going to fill that. No matter how amazing my wife is one day, she's never going to fulfill what Jesus can fulfill. And i got to first believe and honor and love myself before I can honor and love and live this lifestyle for someone else. So what if, you st- if you're a foot, you started realizing, man, I have the most beautiful feet on this earth. Man, I'm a good-looking foot. I smell good. I, I look good, you know? And, and I, I'll be honest with you guys, like 10 years into my walk now, and this is like the first time, you know, I'm in a position like this. And you know how many years I was a part of a ministry, putting up chairs every day, sweeping the floors, doing things that no one noticed, doing things that like I hated. But, I, but those who are faithful with a little will be faithful with a lot. And then you start with the little things and you just start serving and loving people where they're at. Loving your family, even when they don't love you the way you deserve to be loved. And I promise you, God's going to move, and God's going to elevate you and open doors that only he can. But when the bitterness comes in and says, oh, I'm better than him, I used to be in seminary, and, we would, and, and I found myself getting in this critical state, and I would go to churches, and I'd be like, that's crap how they do this, or this, or this, or this, or that speaker's not as good, or that worship band's not as good. And this entitlement, I started thinking that I was better. And that's a very, very, very dangerous place to be. And I had to go through a lot of humility and even hitting rock bottom and giving up all leadership. I remember one time I wanted to be a squad leader for the world race for about a year and a half. And the door kept being shut. No, 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 you're not ready. And I couldn't see it, but my identity was wrapped up in my leadership position. I didn't know who Ryan Otto was without being a leader on paper. And I was so insecure inside and I couldn't even see it, but others saw it. And people that I hated at the time made me step down of leadership and close doors. And I was literally, I remember getting so rock bottom at one time I told God that I said, I'm done. I love you, Jesus. I'm going to work at Walmart. I don't care if I never preach again. Like, I'm done. And I just had to get to that point where I laid it down because my calling became my identity. And before I knew it, I thought I was better than others. And I started judging others. And I became critical to others. Not outwardly, no one else knew this, but inwardly. And I had to go through a season about six months of asking myself some tough questions and really searching my heart and to get right with God. And then when I least expected it, he opened doors and moved in my life to bring me where I am now. So what if we started to making the decision to choose each other and say, even if I'm afoot, I'm going to love myself And I'm going to start loving and honoring others better than me. The scripture goes on and says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I didn't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be the weakest are indispensable. And the parts that we drink, I'm sorry, the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts, this sounds weird, just stay with me. (laughs) While our presentable parts need no special treatment, 
But God has combined the members of the body and has given great honor to these parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. Will you just read that again with me? If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. But if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Guys, I believe, and I include myself in this, if our hearts can take grasp of this culture of living by grace and honor, and we honor others above ourselves because we first honor ourselves, and that we can celebrate with other people's victories, I, I believe that will transform our lives. I believe that will transform, you know, our families. I believe that will transform where we go, that no matter who you are, people will see, man, we, you walking down the street and be like, man, I want to be around that person. Yes, I love David, and he drives me nuts sometimes, but I'll tell you what, every time I see him, my heart gets excited because he's always full of joy. Sometimes it annoys the crap out of me, but the dude's always full of joy, and it's real joy. I don't even understand it half the time how he has it, but, it, but it's joyful. And sometimes I'm in a funk, and I don't want to be around him, but I can't help being around him, and just this joy seeps onto me. What's in our hearts leaks out. Hurt people hurt others, but also free people free others. And guys, I think the first step into this family, including myself, if we want to be a family that truly changes this campus, if we, we got to first be willing to change ourselves. I hear people all the time be like, I want to change the world, right? And I say with all love in my heart, well, first change yourself, bro. First let Jesus continue to change you. Every time I, I'm preparing for a talk, Lord, how is this speaking to me first before I can speak this to others? How, how, what are you teaching me through this? This might be the most, not most powerful talk and not the hurrah talk that I normally love to give, but I'll tell you what, this is, this is impacting my life. This is impacting people in here that I've had to have hard conversations with. Kyle Howard just gave me some feedback about something else, that, and sorry if I say this, but he was in tears giving it to me because it was a hard thing, but he gave it to me out of love, and from that, we're closer friends because of it. Forgive me for sharing that and ask your permission. I got to get better at that too. <laughs> but man, that's real friendship. And I just want to say this. This is just hitting me in the spirit. If someone has said something hard to you and you're putting up walls, shame on you. Shame on you. And I'm just going to be real. You need to get right with the Lord. I need to get right with the Lord. And I've done this. I have done it to many people. I, I'm in a, my dad and I, are, I put up walls with him because I've been hurt from him. But the people that say hard things to you actually love you the most. And if you don't see that, you need to really check your heart. And get, get around someone that's not just going to pat you on the back and encourage you, but it's going to speak this love into you. And that's what a type of family I want to be. I love what Mike said last year, that true family calls each other higher. We don't give up on each other. Last night, you know, I, I just, I had a misunderstanding, and I called, I called David Denault and then Ryan Tucker and someone else. And I was like, hey, bro, I heard this. Is this true? Let's talk this out. And we talk things out because that's what family does. But you know what the thing that hurts the most sometimes is when you hear something that someone else says about you and they don't have the courage to tell you. I've done that. I actually do it all the time. 
and the Lord's deeply convicting me about that. So I'm not here pointing a finger at you. I'm mostly pointing at myself. But guys, I believe if we truly want to change this campus, we need to change ourselves. We need to change how we relate to each other. Are we real with each other? I love the saying, real recognizes real, but I don't want to be fake. Are we real? Because I guarantee if you're real, you know, we have this saying, I say to Abby Ann all the time, catch on fire and people will come watch you burn. Well, when you catch on fire with realness, it's inspiring to people. Because so many people are fake. And I think we're on a journey of figuring out who we are and who we're meant to be. And that's what Alive is all about. And we don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you, we want to be a ministry and a family that walks this thing out with each other. That doesn't give up on each other. That when it gets hard, just doesn't say, oh, go to another ministry. And, and I hate to say it, and I hope none of you leave, but there has been people that were deeply involved in this ministry that aren't here anymore. Because sooner or later it got too tough and they didn't want to be real and they left. I don't want to just be this ministry that has all these people that comes, but we're not growing deep. We're not walking this thing out with each other. And I believe if we want to change this campus, it starts here, first with us, then with each other. So will we be people that choose each other? Will we be people that honor each other and celebrate each other's victories and choose to have the hard conversations out of love? So I want to, I wanna, before I go to the third point, I want to call up Lacey Edwards real quick. Lacey, if you want to come up, could you give her a round of applause? And I, I, just, I just love how God works, but you can keep those lights on, dude. Um, Hello? Yeah, yeah, it's on. Oh. You're good. Um, and I just love how God works because literally, like, I'm praying throughout the week, Lord, what do you want this message to be on? And I thought it was going to be on something else, and I have a conversation with a couple people, and it all involves around this thing of unity. And, and the Lord is even, again, be convicting me about, like, when I vent, right? Because I don't think I ever intentionally gossip about people. But I'm, I start venting to someone, and then I realize afterwards, like, wow, that wasn't really honoring to that person I was talking about. And so Lacey and I just met. We were, we, everyone went to baptisms, and we all went to Toro Loco afterwards. And she just said, hey, can we get together sometime? And I love connecting with students. And I, I was like, yeah, let's set up a meeting and all that. And then the Lord was just like, no, you need to meet with her today. And I was like, all right. So, like, I'm tired. It was like 4 or 5 o'clock Sunday. You know, I hadn't been home all day. And I'm like, hey, can we meet up today? And so we start talking. And she starts sharing about how the Lord has been teaching her about how gossip or venting can turn into gossip. And this whole thing of unity, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. And, I, and Naomi was working, and she looked at me, you know, and I'm like, dude, this is Jesus, you know. And that shows me that God's speaking when it's bigger than me, right, and multiple people confirm things. So I just said, hey, can you just come and, you know, for five or so minutes, like, and just share what, what the Lord's teaching you? Because it hit me, you know, so I just... Share whatever you feel led to share. <laughs> I am Lacey. Yeah, and I actually, uh, actually have a quote. Like, it's crazy that he said, like, something about, like, fake and real. Because it says, cut off fake people for real reasons and not real people for fake reasons. And basically, that's... Sorry. 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 Hold on. Cut off fake people for real reasons and real people for not fake reasons. Did I say that right? <laughs> Sorry. Cut off fake people for real reasons and not real people for fake reasons. 
So basically, that's basically saying that if you're going to cut somebody off, let it be a real reason. Don't let it be something between you guys because how you feel in that moment or how your emotions take over your body and how you're basically feeling in that moment. And that's how I felt this week and last week. I actually got into it with one of my coworkers. I, like, she made me so mad that I was like, whatever to her. And I said some stuff that I felt like I shouldn't have said. And it just, like, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, like, that's really crazy. Why would I say that to her? And it's crazy because she's been so sweet to me. And I'm like, I'm like the sweetest person ever. And right now, I really just want to punch her in her mouth. That sounds bad. I'm sorry for saying that, but I really wanted to go in on her, like, for real. But it's just, like, she taught me that, you know, don't let things come between a person that you've known for so long. And I just actually had to give her a hug and say I'm sorry. Because I actually gossiped towards somebody else about her. And I felt like I could have told her that. And I could have told her you know what, this is how I feel about you. Can we like talk about it? Because you're not gonna change, but I can change my attitude towards you to, to deal with that and be understanding towards how you are. Because you can't change the person, but you can change your attitude towards that person. And that makes a difference. And today was so much better because I actually changed my attitude towards her. And I knew that I wasn't gonna change her. And she knew that she wasn't going to change. But it just made it a better day to know that, okay, this is how she, she is. So I'm just going to, like, roll with it. And actually, my day was so better today. But basically, what I'm trying to say is, if anybody has ever hurt you so bad in a way that you just feel like you're done with them, please, like, take a step back and say, how can I um, change myself towards them that way I don't feel bitter because I didn't been bitter towards a lot of people and it hurt so bad that every time I was around them I did not want to be around them I didn't want to talk to them I didn't want to even look at them and that's really bad and they feel that atmosphere because I feel what people feel I'm very empathetic and I'm very understanding to how people are so just how they are in the room, I can only imagine how they felt towards me if I was feeling like that. And sometimes we don't think about it, but sometimes we can have fake intentions too towards people that we've been knowing for a long time. Say if you get into it with a friend and then you guys just stop talking, you can easily cut that person off and just walk past them like you don't even know them. And it hurts. And like Ryan said, like things should be about family. And if they're hurting, if hurt people hurt people, we should be willing to take a step and ask them, hey, how are you feeling? And I actually asked her that, and she said she was overwhelmed. She didn't know what to do in a classroom. So I just let you guys know that take a stand to just really put your shoes in somebody else's. Because honestly, I didn't know how that person was feeling until I actually took a step back and let them know that I'm sorry for how I acted, but I really want to know how you feel. 
and it made everything kind of open my eyes. Basically, um, I'm blind, but I can see now. So just putting yourself in somebody else's shoes really is a lot. And I just encourage you guys that just live each day knowing that God loves you and knowing for the fact that you are beautiful inside and out. And you are who God made you to be. So thank you for this testimony. <laughs> Man, that was powerful. So I'm going to invite Ben up here. Um, you know, and I just think that's God because, again, even I didn't even really know what she was going to share right now. And just sharing, I remember she said something to me that when we talk about someone, it's almost like giving someone sunglasses and it's saying, will you view this person through these lenses? And when we put people through these lenses, do we see them as better? Do we honor them? And do we even understand where they're coming from? I just think of a story about, about Jake, and uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. <laughs> Man, I really need to start asking permission. Uh, but uh, Jake went and, saw, and heard, heard this awesome football coach speak, and Jake, in front of you know, all the athletes of U of I, got up and asked him, hey, tell me about your faith, which is a bold move. And, and afterwards, one of his teammates came and kind of punched him in the back and said, man, don't ever ask a stupid question like that again. And, you know, Jake just kind of looked at the guy and like kind of smiled and shrugged it off and then looked over and looked at Ryan Tucker because Jake knew deep down what mattered. And I wonder sometimes if we look at people like that, not envy or not anger, maybe he had some anger in that moment, but almost with like a love that was like, you know what, they just don't understand. They just don't understand. They don't have what I have. And instead of being bitter and jealous or wanting to go against them, we help them give what we have, and they don't. And today, um, so the last point I want to talk about is just we choose each other, we honor and celebrate each other, but most of all, we love each other. There is no greater love than one laying down his life for one another. And I don't think that means just dying, but laying, laying down our pride, laying down you know, um, what people think of us, to love people even when they talk bad about us, to confront people even when it's scary and they might not be your friend anymore, but to confront them in love because we actually care about them and we don't want this pattern to continue in their lives. You know, every week I meet with Daniel Goulet and he asks me some tough questions. And sometimes I'm scared to meet with him because I don't want to talk about some stuff, but I know I need to. And that's what true friends and family does. And I know sometimes he's probably nervous to ask me some things, but he does it. And so do we have someone in our life that's asking us tough questions, that's really helping us search the, 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 the health of our hearts? But then are we also someone in someone else's lives that is there for them and asking them tough questions about who they are and how they're doing? Um, as I was preparing, and uh, I'm assuming it's hard to share, but I found this letter that my 12-year-old little brother wrote and I have a, a little brother that lives in Ohio, and uh, he's 12 years old, and I'm 31. I know that's a big age difference. Uh, trust me, I thought it was really weird when I was a freshman in college and found out my mom was pregnant. <laughs> um, we have different dads, but it's with my stepdad. And, and I remember uh, when he was like four or five, uh, I went away to grad school, and I looked him in the eye, and I had told him I was leaving, and he, he just started crying, and he didn't understand, and Recently, uh, I, I, when I go home a couple times, 
uh, when I'm home for about a week or a week and a half, there's been some times where he gets angry with me. And he just says, well, why did you leave? And in this anger, he kind of holds emotions in, but then he pops like we all do. And he says, well, why did you leave? You didn't have to live in Illinois. You didn't ha- why do you have to go to Africa? God needs you here too. And all this stuff and this, this deep hurt where he felt like I left him. And it's happened a couple of times where kind of a light bulb in my head went on. That, wow, something's, something's wrong here. He's believing something in his heart that I never intended him to believe. And recently, um, for a school project, he wrote this letter that my mom mailed me. And it's titled, uh, Don't Forget Family. And he's in sixth grade and he wrote this. He says, what is the meaning of life? This question is almost impossible to answer correctly. Everyone has a different opinion and everyone is going to disagree with each other. Everybody will try to prove each other wrong, bring each other down, but everyone's opinions are different and to them they are correct. Believe in yourself and know yourself. When I was young, my brother and I were very close. We did everything together. But one day, cha- one day changed everything. I walked into my brother's room to see if he could hang out, but then he told me I'm going away to college and I won't be home for a while. I was in shock, and it felt like the world around me was spinning rapidly on its axis. My brother was my hero. I wondered what it would be like without him. With tears starting to run down my face, I gave him the biggest hug I had ever given anyone, and I asked him, why can't you stay? Why won't you stay? He told me, I want to stay, but this is what I need to do. Tears started to water in his eyes, but I will come home and hang out with you as much as I can, and I trusted and believed what he said. It has been seven years since that day happened. My brother has gone on journeys around the world, He's moved around the United States, too. Right now, he lives in Illinois. He's the closest he's ever lived to us when not living, since he's lived with us. I think about him sometimes, and he comes home for a week or two, but it's never enough. But I want to follow in his footsteps. Ever been in a situation where you have, you've had to deal with something? Well, my brother did a lot of that growing up. For starters, when preparing for a mission trip, he had to eat a raw, slimy fish hole. <laughs> yep, true story if you want to go on the world race, Morgan. Um, he had to deal with getting robbed in uh, Mexico. It was actually Guatemala, but, you know, close enough. Um, he lost some items that he needed. He grew up with a single mom, which was my mom. It was hard for him, but you know what? you know what he did? He dealt with it. Through all these things happened, he kept going, and most of all, he kept believing. So I had to deal with this. I knew it would be hard, things would change, for I knew, but I knew I could get through it. I was happy for my brother. He was achieving a goal of his life, but I wanted him to stay. He had such, we had such great times together. The first time he left, it was the hardest thing to go through. But now he leaves and goes places so often, I really don't put much thought into it anymore like I did for the the first time it happened trust me I miss him but he is not on my mind all the time if there is one thing I think that what is the true meaning of life is don't forget family because family is important
Right now, as I'm writing this memoir, thinking about my brother, I believe he is thinking of me. No matter what he is doing, I believe that we are both on the right path and on the same path. He's doing what he loves, and for me, well, I am just finding my meaning in life. I'm almost there, but for the first time in my life, I'm realizing what life is about. This is a question my brother, Ryan Dennis Otto, asks me a lot. Now when I see him again, and he asks, Michael, what do you think the true meaning of life is? I can finally look him in the eye and give him the answer. The true meaning of life is to make it great. And I don't really know why I read that. I just found that today on my desk. But I feel like someone needed to hear that. And I think the true meaning of family is seeing the best in each other, not giving up each other. And he didn't understand why I left, and he was hurt for it. And now even at 12, many years, seven years later, he still struggles with it. But deep down, I think and I hope and believe that he trusts that I'm doing what I think is right. And even though I miss him, and maybe some of you guys saw a video of me surprising him for his birthday this last weekend, um, I didn't know he would ever react that way. He holds things in, but it was a very special moment. And I just want to say, like, true family sees the best in each other, and we trust each other, even when we don't fully understand it. So will we be a people that choose each other, that honor each other, and most of all, love each other? Because in 1 John Chapter 4, I think verse 12, it says, when we love God, that's when we truly see God in each other. When we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is made complete through us. So whether it's a little brother, a little sister, or a child you have one day, or the person sitting next to you, you never know the impact you can have on someone's life. And I just hope when people think of you, think of me, and think of us five years down the line, when we are at all campus worship again, and some of us aren't even here, they're like, wow, Daniel Goulet says it all the time. Remember those guys that sat in that YMCA room and sweated their butts off and sat in those creaky chairs? But man, they were on fire, and they made a difference. I think about all my, myself all the time. I don't know if this is good, but maybe one of you is going to lead a life one day. Maybe one of you is going to take over a life. You never know. It's not mine. It's, I'm just blessed to be a part of it for this time. Would you guys pray with me? Father, I just thank you for family, and I thank you for family that doesn't give up on each other. And I just, I just feel like I'm supposed to ask this with eyes closed. If anyone just feels like, man, I haven't been walking this out, or I've kind of not even realized it, but haven't seen the best in each other, I just encourage you through this next song, if, just to keep your eyes closed, but just to stand up. And almost stand up is not a proclamation to each other, but a proclamation first to God and yourself. And almost just say, like, Lord, I want to change. So change me from the inside out. I'm surrendering to you. And even anyone on the worship band, if that's you, just stop singing, stop playing, and enter into that space. Daniel, if that's for you. Nate, if that's for you. If that's for me, like, just let God do what he wants to do. Because, guys, I don't want to be a fake anymore. 
I don't want to be one person to one person and then another person to another person. Because it says in scripture that God is the same and he never changes. I want to be someone who's real and who has the tough conversations, but who loves people with God's love. So God, I just pray that you move in this moment, Father, and that you remind us what true family is. You remind us of my brother's words, that even when it's hard, we don't give up on each other. And I pray that we start to live a life of honor and grace and love for each other. Because it's your love that changes people's lives, that changes people's hearts. So have your way. In Jesus' name we pray.
completely to you, God, in this moment, Lord, um, and just come before you, Lord, and just say, um, just have your way in this ministry, God. Um, manifest your kingdom here, God, what it looks like to live as people um, who are just after you together, Lord. Um, that is our heart's cry, and that's what we want this ministry to look like, God, just people who are completely sold out for you, Lord, and sold out for each other, and we're just seeking your face, God, um, that we aren't distracted by the world, and we aren't um, putting things on each other unjustly, Lord, but we're just focused on you, and when we're focused on you and just your face, we aren't going to the right or to the left, um, so Jesus, just take our ministry there, take us there, God, um, Lord, I just ask, um, just um, Jesus <laughs> oh, it's good it's good Jesus what you're doing Lord just have your way more God um, we're going to have ministry time in the back and if the Lord's really working in your life we would love to pray for you you know that's what this is about so um, go to the back and we're going to keep going into worship Oh 
Can we just take a moment and wait for the Lord? If you feel comfortable, I just invite you to lift your hands right now. Guys, I'm going to be real. Like, the enemy wants to divide this family. He hates this. He does. But what I find beautiful is I see Jesus moving right now in this room. And I see this family being strengthened by the blood of the Lamb. And so, Jesus, I thank you right now for this family. I thank you that you've called each of us to be a part of this family. And so, God, we just, we call out to you right now. Jesus, we want more of you. We ask for more right now. And so we wait in this moment. We wait for you, Jesus. God, I thank you that we can stand with our arms high and our hearts abandoned to you. Because all that we are is yours. And so, Lord, thank you that you make us brave to stand up for each other when one is weak. And to be there and to be real. And so, God, we just say have your way tonight even more. I pray for chains to be broken off right now in Jesus' name. Any lies, I say no in Jesus' name. We are holy people because the Holy Spirit resides in us. And so, enemy, I say be gone in Jesus' name. We speak unity right now in this place, over this campus. In Jesus' name, we stand on holy ground and we declare this is a revival for the love of Jesus.
feel comfortable, want me to grab the hand of the person next to you if you can. And I know we just did this song, but I want to go back to the, the stand. And as Ryan and I were talking last night, he's got a picture of, of us holding hands with our family. So I want us to sing standing hand in hand with our hearts wide open, declaring that we will stand for righteousness. We will stand for you, Jesus. So I'll get us started. I'm going to put the mic down. I want us to be united. It's not about us up here and you guys. It's we're one. Gnomes, can you come up here, please? Gnomes, come up here. Thanks. Oh, man. Can you guys just keep, can you just hold the hand of the person next to you, please? I just feel like you're supposed to pray us out. Yeah, Jesus, um, just thank you for what you're doing in all of us tonight. Um, thank you for coming and meeting us here and touching our hearts. And I thank you that... You know, even when it's hard or when we feel, like, convicted, um, that you meet us here with love, that you're bringing us through um, this refining to grow us closer together um, so that we can live a life that's more for you, um, that's more just destined for everything you have in store for us. This is just the beginning. Um, these moments when we're here together on Tuesday nights, um, these are precious and these are special. And this is just the beginning of this family. This family goes beyond this place. It goes beyond this town. It goes beyond this campus. Um, and Jesus, I just thank you for bringing us all together, for uniting our hearts um, in ways that we can't even explain or imagine. So 
yeah, I just pray that we continue to step out in boldness, courage, and faith, trusting that when we confront each other in truth and love, um, that you will follow through, that you will stand by us no matter what, and that you call us to be a family that not only um, loves each other in the easy times, but loves each other in the hard times. So, yeah, Jesus, I just thank you for this night um, and for all these people for bringing us here. In your name, let this be done. Amen.